So let's everybody warm up, get to it. Hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Seeker. Season 2 is Mercy and Fire. We're going to discuss eight specific verses that walk us down the path to salvation. Our hope is that we can show how simple the plan really is to understand. But that doesn't mean it's easy. (laughs) (laughs) This is a happy occasion. Well, I don't know if it's a happy occasion. We're about to say that the wages of sin is death. Yeah, well, now we're starting to get kind of ugly. We're a little bit doom and gloom on this one, guys. Because we saw that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? So the next verse, Romans 6 and verse 23, says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So here we see, like Julian was talking about before, the punishment phase, right? The justice phase which is that the wages of sin is death. That's that's the penalty for sin, is death. So we see that the condition that we all start in, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, means that everyone earns death because of sin. So, yeah, we can all sit here and crack wise about Romans 3.23, but this is sobering. This is right. this is where the rubber meets the road, right? This is time to look in the mirror and say, whoa, hold on a second. Right. So when you're faced with the with the the penalty for the state that we all find ourselves in, when you're faced with the penalty for sin and what it really means when God turns his face from us, like we saw in Isaiah. That means death. That's hanging over everybody's head. That's thought, that's on everybody's heart. And so, without the promise that we saw in Galatians 3, without the hope that we have in Jesus, the wages of sin is death. And there's not really any wiggle room in that statement, is there? There's no getting around that mm-hmm. outside of Christ. No. This this goes back to God's justice. Like nothing nothing changes. He has this law. He says if you transgress my law, then there there is a penalty for it. And and sin is going to carry the same penalty every single time. It's almost it's like being out on the highway and speeding and every time you go, go ahead and go over 60. Or is it 55? What's the real speed limit? 70? I don't even know. Shows you how speed, right? I don't even care, right? Six, six all the I don't even here. know. I can't admit my. I can't even go to Romans three twenty three because I don't know what the speed limit is. Assuming I did, I was just take the speed limit and add eight. Yes, this is a transgression general. and lawlessness. This is a confession. Time. We've learned nothing, no. But God has for you've been forgiven. Yes, that's good. So I mean, imagine you're speeding every single time you go over that speed limit. It, it, it's not that, like, the mercy of God doesn't say that he changes the rule. It doesn't say that he says, you know what, 
don't worry about it. I changed the law. No, no, no. He keeps the law. The law is the same. And his wrath requires that we pay the price. And in paying the price, this is exactly what we have to do. Like, literally, we have to die for it. Somebody, I'll tell you what, somebody has to die for it, right? It's going to require blood. Somebody's got to die. Um, And in in his love, and, and now here's his mercy, in his love and mercy, he gave us a way. Gave us a way out. Depends on if you want it. Not to jump the gun, but in Romans 14, uh, 12, it makes it, it brings us back to me. It says, So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Like, every single one of us and everything that we do, we, we you know, we got to pay the toll. Go past the bridge, go on 520, it's coming in the mail. That just makes me think there's some book out there, some, I don't remember which one, where he says... After desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Is that in James? Hmm. <laughs> you mean the book of James? The book of James. <laughs> Maybe we should cover that sometime. We yeah. should talk about that. Yeah, we should do that. Episode three. <laughs> but like you were saying, everybody has to give an account of themselves before God. And when you, when that desire gets the better of you, when that turns into sin and when that sin becomes full born in your life it gives birth to death and that's the account you have to give of yourself you have to explain this is what I did why'd you do it because I wanted to my desire led me to it that's really what it is you're putting what you want to do above what God says this is my will for you this gets this gets back to just being extremely honest with ourselves just completely transparent very honest with ourselves we talked about that this is this is a plan or this is structure that helps us understand god's love for us our need for a savior our need to be saved and rescued and then the gospel the gospel is good news for a reason as you said there's to be i mean you have to recognize there's actually bad news to to accept good news right and um and I think that's what starts to happen here. It's it's building momentum. But yes, we've all sinned. And now what does that mean? Because just to say that we've sinned, we we have a world of, you know, you. I think you, you said it last time that um, if in some instances we look for almost a scapegoat, like we look for somebody else to blame it on because that's what we're used to in the world we live. That's what we're used to doing. Blaming it and saying, nah, it's not me. So we looked at just what it means to God. What does it mean in the spiritual sense to sin? But now what does it mean for you? It means that you gotta you gotta pay up. Yeah, if you read Galatians six seven, it says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So you're are you really, really gonna stand there bald face and try to mock God? Like really? Is that what you think you're gonna get away with? Because you're going to reap what you sow. And the wages of sin is death. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty much laid out for us pretty clearly, I think. Yeah. Well, it's so easy to get caught up in just... You know, it seems like we're here forever. You know, our, our lives, you know, 80 years of whatever. And, you know, it's so easy to get caught up in, in thinking that that's a long time. 
And you hear it from everyone who's older than you how things start speeding up as you get older. And then pretty soon, you know, you hear from, you know, grandparents and whatnot talking about how everything's just going so fast. And, you know, how if you have kids of your own, they start saying, well, you know, cherish those years, you know, when they're little because they'll go so fast. And, yeah, so yeah, in James 4, uh, verse 13, Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we'll go to such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And that is important to understand. When you look at the scheme of eternity, the concept of eternity, I mean, whatever we have here on this earth, this 80 years, whatever it is, I mean, that's just, I mean, it's, you can't even conceive of that small of a time slice as compared with eternity. And so you have to let yourself get in a mindset that's out of this world, you know, and of course the scriptures are full of uh, references to, you know, looking above, you know, keeping your eyes, you know, to things not of this world. And, um, but the fact that it's so easy to get mired in with what's around us I mean, that's a huge distraction. You know, our desires in this world, again, as James tells us, is what lures us into this, you know, sin, that we, we do these things. And, and it takes, you know, you have to understand what the concept of that is, eternity without God, eternity in a death state. I mean, it's, it's pretty mind-boggling. And also just to talk about eternity for a second, too, because people think of, Eternity is just being like a really long time, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't imagine how long eternity is, but really it seems like eternity is more of a concept. It's an abstract concept of time. It's not an actual duration of time. Yes. I, right. It's just in this perpetual state. That's just kind of an ongoing state. This is the state that I'm in now. Sort of timeless. Right. It's outside of time. That's So we can't really describe it in what we no is in our space dimensions um and so but just to think about this concept of just always being in a state of being in the presence of god because if we think about eternity in a timeline that's like day after day after day forever um it doesn't sound necessarily that appealing because the way that we're programmed you know just to be like well, that'll probably get old, you know, like... <laughs> I feel the same exact way. <laughs> yeah, after like, okay, 100 million years of, you know, singing with angels. We're singing again. Yep, there we go, song, singing. Yep. Again. yep, this song, yeah, again, yeah, <laughs> same same song leader, again, you know, or whatever. <laughs> oh, they picked Jesse. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not Julian! <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but you know what I mean, like, we, we don't, I don't know, we can't really understand what that looks like when you think of it in those terms but if we take out the time association of what eternity looks like and just think of it as just being in this constant state of just being close to god and it never feels old because it doesn't ever feel like another day it just always is what it is i mean that sounds much more attractive that's the eternity that i'm looking forward to i think in, in terms of like the thing that you did or you've done that is just so awesome that um, that it seems like time went by super fast, mm-hmm. and you just you if anything in your head you were trying to slow it down, you know I can't maybe it was being on Jeopardy I don't know maybe it was uh, 
I, mean, I don't know. You know, we have trouble wrapping our heads around something super, super cool. I don't know. Maybe it was the time, you know, I don't know. I saw it at the drive-in. Yeah, they were awesome, right? I was like, this is crazy, man. Please don't play that last song, man. They're amazing. <laughs> Mars Volta, they were amazing as well. Um, so you, you can think about this time where you've done something. You're like, man, don't let time end. But it was moving. And it's just, you can only imagine being with the Lord and being in awe. You're not going to care. Like, worshiping and and being in His his presence is going to be so amazing. You wouldn't even, you're not even going to notice I'm there, Jesse. Right. Like, Jesse, dude, hey, you know, whatever. (laughs) No, it's going to be heaven because you are there with me. Thanks, man. (laughs) Thanks. Oh. (laughs) They can't see it. <laughs> yeah. Hard hands. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But I, I think oftentimes when we get to get to this passage, people people feel like it's like a hateful message. Mm-hmm. Um, it, because you talk about everybody sinning, some people dismiss it. You say, hey, but the penalty for that sin is death. The wages of sin is death. Actually, the rest of the verse gets really good. It's very positive, it the rest of that verse. Is, yeah. Um, but uh, they're like, oh, it's such a hateful message. But you think about your kids, it's really just a warning, mm-hmm. right? It's just a warning. It's a reminder. Paul oftentimes says, I'm saying this to remind you. I just, I want to be in heaven with you. Like, I want to remind you. Mm-hmm. Um, be, because if we didn't care, if we really wanted to be hateful, we would say nothing. We would right. say nothing and just let them burn. Go ahead. I know what's coming. I'll say nothing and let you go. But it's because, you know, Paul says it's the love of Christ that compels us to do what? To be ambassadors for him. Like, it is because we care. And it's because Paul cared um, that that he just reminds them of this. And in light of that, I was going back to the kid example. You think about your kids. If you know that they're going to do something that's really going to hurt them, you know, you'll remind them multiple times. If it's raining outside on a deck, don't wear Crocs, right? Crocs kill, right? So <laughs> you will... slogan. Exact Crocs kill with a C. You tell your kids like 50 times, tell them like, okay, if it's raining on the... Don't wear the Crocs. Don't wear the Crocs. You can say it 50 <laughs> times. Eli, don't wear the Crocs. Okay, I won't wear the Crocs. And it's only because you know one of these times they're going to slip and blow their back head out or something bad's going to happen. And you keep so saying dramatic. it. I know, I try to make it really over the top. Uh, the Crocs it, people are coming after us like, all. Oh, man. Yeah. We just lost our Crocs sponsorship. You know, um, Secret podcast sponsored by Crocs. By Crocs. Now by Tox because but yeah, Crocs but, dropped us. Yeah. But, but it's, it's a bit off brand, but also very good. Also very good. Grippier in the ring. Yeah, Grippier. <laughs> with their new non slip. <laughs> to have no accidents. But you can see your kids starting to do this, so you remind them, and you may even tell, you're going to tell them what's going to happen. You know, if you slip and fall, you can really hurt yourself. And people would say, they wouldn't say, oh, that's a message of hate. That's a horrible thing you're saying. Right. No, they would say, no, man, you're, you're trying to tell somebody about an impending doom, and that's really what he's doing. Like, I want to warn you because I don't want this to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's spoken out of love. Right. When people that say, or that might think that, I don't even know if I believe in God, you know, how how am I supposed to think that 
you know, this concept of sin and whatnot. I mean, I don't know. I, why can't I just do what I want? Like, who, no one can tell me no, right? It's a very popular, at least American idea that you just be you and be proud of it, right? And that's it. But all of us, there's this moral coding that really does happen across the board. It's imprinted on us. You look at all cultures across the globe and whatever random um, isolated pockets they're at, there's certainly a moral code that everyone seems to universally have. You don't kill people, right? You, there's there's these things, you know, stealing is frowned upon, I think, pretty much everywhere. You know, there's like these things, like, there's, there's some basic universal things that go across everywhere. But, I mean, everyone, everyone has this concept of what sin is, whether or not you're even a believer or not. You know when you're doing something wrong. Well, to go back to sort of how you started, the concept that you were talking about of like sort of moral relativism, that as long as I'm not hurting anybody, I'm just doing what, you know, what comes natural, I'm doing what, you know, right. what, what's right to me. Right. By all means, go ahead. By all means. But understand that you're going to get what you earn. And that's why, why Paul says in this verse, he calls the wages of sin. That's you... You're mm-hmm. getting what you deserve. Yep. You're getting what's due. You're mm-hmm. getting what you're owed. It's death. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? It's not you that that's that's what you've you've reap what you reap what you sow, you get what's coming to you, you get what you're due. But then you contrast that with how he characterizes what comes to us through Jesus. And how that's what he calls a gift from mm-hmm. God. A gift that's freely given to all who ask for it, a gift that's given unconditionally, a gift that's offered from God based on nothing that you've done. It's not what you've earned. It's not what you're due. It's not what you're owed. It's not You're not reaping what you sowed. You get a gift. Mm-hmm. You get this present. You get this just because. Right? Um, I think that, that characterization that he uses there did we read the rest of verse 23? Did we just read the first part? We just read the first part, but I said, ooh, second part. Oh, yeah. I know, you, you set us up for it. And now he did, it. he just did it. But now we got to, yeah, let's just read the whole thing in its entirety. Verse 23. <laughs> for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There you go. I like that. You get what you're owed. You get what's coming to you. The problem is what's coming to you, right? The problem is what you're due. It's mm-hmm. death. Mm-hmm. But then you've got the gift, on the other hand. You've got what you're owed, you, what's door number one, and what's behind door number two, right? Right. And you get to choose. You get the option. You get to pick. Everybody does. Everybody has, has that choice to make. Mm-hmm. Do you want what you're owed? Do you want what you've deserved and what you've earned for the things you've done in the life you've led? Or do you choose the gift of God, the free gift of God, um, which is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord? You get to pick. You get the option. Choice is yours. Now, can I take this thing off the rails for a second? Because <laughs> I can hear, I can hear people I know in my head saying, well, why is what loving God would just make it be where either you choose to do this or you go to hell? Like, what loving God would 
send a person there. And I'm, I'm just, I know, I'm, we don't even have to go there. I might take this off. No, but it's what fine. I'm, what I'm saying, but it's like, it's a real question, though. Like, God gives us this either-or proposition. Right. Either you get the free gift, and you love me, and, you know, you do these things, or you pay the price and the consequences. Well, I think... Why would God even make those consequences? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't he just, I don't know. I think the kind of God who does that is one who is absolutely fair. Yes, just. And just, 100% just. just all of the time. Mm-hmm. And who is absolutely across the board going to treat every single person the same. The problem is that we try to put these different... We try to put God in a box. If God loves me, he wouldn't make it this way. Well, No. <laughs> God loves us because he made it that way for everyone. God is very clear about what the rules are. He is very clear about where we stand and what's what's coming down the road. There's no ambiguity. He's not, the wages of sin is death, except if your last name begins with a Z. <laughs> you know, the wages of sin is death if you were born between this year and this year. It's the same for everybody. The kind of God who does that is absolutely fair to everyone all the time. Yep. And we in our society, in the world we live, the reason why people struggle with that is because it doesn't work that way. Even in even in the court system, even in our laws, like people slime and everything out of whatever you want to, right? And it's always going to work that way. There's corruption all over the place. There is no corruption with God. He cannot be bought off. It's always the same every single time. And and people generally don't like that. Because, back to your point about justice, people love the just part as long as they're on the good side of the justice, mm-hmm. right? Yep. As long as somebody else is getting the bad and they're getting the good, they're happy. And that's why they... They say, well, what kind of God would ever, ever put me on the bad side? No, 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 you choose. You choose hell. Yeah. He's not, there's this misconception that God is lightning rod and shooting people to hell. We choose it. We choose not to be with the Savior. Like we, we, that is, that is a choice that we make because of what you just said. You know, why can't I do what I want to do? Go right ahead. You can do whatever you want to do. You absolutely can. But you didn't create this earth. Because you're so you passive aggressive. <laughs> well, it's true. <laughs> no, I mean, go ahead. It's cool. No, seriously, do you it. Can. Go right ahead. But, absolutely. But, but but think about your own existence. You didn't make you. He created you. Like you didn't you didn't do any of this. Literally, you are the pot telling the potter, I know you did it, but this is how I want to roll. And the potter says, That's cool. But if you fall off the table, you will break. Mm-hmm. That is a law. Right? It's just the law of gravity. I'm not going to change it for you. And that is God. Like, But he's showing so much mercy and love and compassion. The, I, I think there are so many points we can make. But the other point is that, that every everything that God set in place, every law, every quote-unquote rule, I hate to think of them like that, but right. they're actually for our good. Like they, they are all for our good. There's not one single one that's not actually for our good. Right. Um, so in that, he's even trying to take care of us. No, and, and typically people who make the statement or might make those sorts of statements, and and let's say they have kids, they would never tell their kids, you can do whatever you want to, go plow out in traffic, 
Go do whatever you want. It's your world. I I don't want to be the kind of parent who ever, ever tries to tell you what to do. Go do whatever you want. Because they love them. The same thing happens with God. He loves us. So he gives us instruction so that we won't doom ourselves. Because there are still laws. We live in a world that's bound by laws. Mm -hmm. So we have to think of the same thing. I was uh, was thinking Proverbs uh, 14, 12... There's a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way of death. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff we think is right, and like we think, mm-hmm. that's true. This, this makes sense, <clears throat> but it doesn't necessarily make sense. If you look at all the, you know, all the laws, like you guys said, or the commands, and if everyone actually did those things, you know, and followed that structure, I mean, it, the world would be a perfectly peaceful place i mean it would be kind of a utopia world right (laughs) you'd have i mean so yeah that's what goes back to your point julian about these laws are here for our good and you look at what the world would look like there and that would be a good world i love a world that was ruled by love i mean that's that's awesome that'd be that's like what the goal should be period across the board always and um but like you said Everyone gets a choice, though. It's not the world that we make where God didn't make a utopia for us to live in. Or He did, but then He gave us that option in the Garden of Eden to still have that free will, to make a choice, to make a decision, and that was made. We still have that choice today. What choice are we going to make? What are we going to do with it? Thanks for listening to Secret. Find us at secretpodcast.com. Check out our website to see our blog. Thank you, Suzanne, for writing us some awesome articles there. Thanks. Bye.